Welcome everybody to the Drew Too Many podcast. We're back after a bit of a break from last weekend. We have a ton to talk about with Portland regionals going on and how everybody did. And then we've also got Charlotte regionals coming up. So we'll talk about what the play is for that. And then we've also got some new cards coming out from Paul Day and Fates. They're not going to, you know, they're not super exciting, not the craziest thing in the world, but there are a couple of highlights that we wanted to go over. So stay tuned at the end of the episode for that. We've also got trivia as always. Also, shout out to Drew and Trevor for holding down the fort last weekend when they talked to Nick Robinson about his San Antonio run with Maridon. That was a super good episode, so go listen to that. But ultimately, I'm happy to be back. How are you guys doing? Oh, you know, we're doing good. Playing a lot of Pokemon, have Charlotte regionals in a week. So, you know, we're not going to talk about Portland because, you know, who wants to talk about Portland? It was a, you know, it was an asterisk regionals. We don't even want to. We don't even want to talk about that one for sure. Oh yeah, why don't you want to talk about it, Trevor? <laughs> uh, I definitely did. I definitely did really good with Gardevoir for sure. Um, <laughs> I started off at a nice crisp 0-2-1, and I managed to improve it to a nice crisp four three two to miss five twelve Ooh. points. So we're feeling on, so on back this season. You know, first first uh, major of the year, no points. You know, four three two definitely worst showing in any tournament I've played in since two thousand nine. So you know, it's it's pretty womp, sick. It's womp. pretty sick. It's okay. I was also four three two. Hey, we're both four three two. How did you finish, Alex? I didn't. Uh, I started at the beginning of the day, but I didn't really uh, end up talking to you later. Yeah, I was. I I skedad- I was. I started two zero. Uh, mm-hmm. Hit Makani Tran. Got bopped. Um, and, and you, you played. You played Palk, right? I played Palkia. Yeah, I was. I was. I if I finished quote three three one. Because I was, I got my, the tie was my last round when he stole my turn three with my yoga looping me. Ah! Uh, and I had game and I was like, I was like, hey dog, you playing it out? And he's like, yeah, I'll play a few more games. And I was like, all right, you can just have it. So I gave him the win. So like, it looks like I went four three, but I was kind of, I was kind of done with Pokemon. So I, uh, I finished three, three, one, kind of. Three, three, one asterisk. Yeah. Cause it, it, it says, it says that I finished three, four, but you know, because I gave him the win. You guys didn't do a gentleman's or anything. But the media is lying to you. No, because I was three three <laughs> at that point. So oh, you like three three. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, and I was like, eh, like I don't wanna. I just didn't feel like playing it out the last two rounds. So, so. Yeah, I was also pretty done. Uh, I got extremely tilted after my round four. I was also playing Gardevoir, and the whole round maybe lasted like five minutes. It was it was really bad. I started. Jirachi pass into then get donked <laughs> then into Ralts pass get donked Damn. and so the whole round maybe lasted like five minutes and ultimately the the whole event was ran really really well it was actually like we finished so fast so it was well. great oh my god um, so shout out to gallery games for that one it, way better than team northwest go yeah, gallery games, games. <laughs> yeah. um however for this round they so my round finished in five minutes and they didn't give the match slips right huh. away. They took like, there was one round like that. Yeah. They took like 20 minutes to get the, the match slips to it. So I was just awkwardly <laughs> sitting there with my opponent who just like beat my ass. So I was just like sitting there on my phone, uh, like sulking. I felt kind of bad. It's so like, you know, opponent, if you're listening well, it's to kind this, of fu- it's kind of funny. Apologize. Yeah, it was actually such a, such a well-run event. I was actually very pleased with it. But so well-run. It was actually weird enough that like even though this is my worst record ever, I was like actually mega not tilted. I played all my rounds. I knew by round six that I was out out because uh, I got I got a, had a tie there. Um, I mean that's particularly impressive. Not not only because your matchups were 
you know, you hit some really rough matchups, but also because yes. <laughs> of that one thing that that one dude said that would oh. pretty much make anybody mull. Like you could tell the story, but yeah. when you told me that and you're like, I didn't tilt at that. I was like, holy, that's I know. What a great I was actually I was, I was surprised, my, I was surprised myself too. I, I faced a turbo Maridon on um like one of my rounds. Like we were like I was two two one, so I was like, you know what? If I win four in a row, like maybe we're getting there kind of thing. And I just had a couple wins in a row. Someone started to get a bit of confidence back. I faced a turbo Maridon. Uh, he bops me game one. I bought him game two. We go into game three with like 17 minutes left. Um, we both draw like not super hot. Uh, he started he. He like hit like seven two energy generators in the first two games, but then he hit two zero energy generators in the third game. I'm like, okay, we're actually like we're so back here. Um, we both have kind of a weird setup where it takes a bit, but we're you know getting there. It gets down to it. I'm actually like, I'm beating. I'm like beating him. I'm probably gonna win the game. But then so we play the turns of time. I'm one turn short of potentially winning. It's not a guarantee. And I say to him like, hey, do you, do you want me to like just like look at my cards and see if if I get the win off of these draws, then I win. But if I miss it, you win. And he was like, nah, I'd rather us both not make it. Jeez. And then This is at X21 where a lot yeah, 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 of people said that out loud. Yeah, and I was I was kinda like taken aback. I was just like, wait, what? Like <laughs> And he's like, No, I've had like gentlemen agreements go badly for me before, so I'd rather just both not make it. And then I mean up until that point two, it'd been like really like chill fun game. It was just like it was kinda like, oh. And I it was funny too, is that I looked at the next card. I looked at my card. So he got he got he got up and he like signed the tie and got up and left. And I'm just kinda sitting there with my cards out still, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I like play it out, right? I play out that turn because I'm like, I'm curious, I'm, like, you know, because I genuinely would have given done the gentleman's with him, because I'm like, you know what, like it doesn't matter at this point. Like if I go like two three one versus like two two one here, it's like doesn't matter. Um, so I played out, and I actually would have missed. So I would have given him the win. <laughs> <laughs> he played him <laughs> if he'd actually like sit down and be like, okay, like let's run this gentleman's agreement. Yeah, it was crazy that he said that to you. Yeah, it was, it was after just, it, when it, we it talked just, about it, you were like, it, you're like, it, oh yeah, like it was kind of filtering and my tournament's also over, but like I'm just gonna play the rest of my rounds. Like that was like yeah. a really good mental check that you absolutely pass with flying colors. So good for you for that. Yeah, and then I then faced into like three and I then faced into like three intels after that for like last three rounds. So, was, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> um, but it sounds awful. But uh, and we took some of them, so it's fine. But um, I know I was very like I was just very like it felt like very calm. But I'm like you know what, it's fine. Like I know that as soon as EUIC comes around, I'll top eight or something like that. So it doesn't really matter. It's, just all fun. <laughs> it's an annual thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an annual thing. But um, yeah, no, it was actually it was pretty. And then I, after that tournament, I basically spent the next like six hours playing Tina, lost Tina online. <laughs> True. That's so strange. Like, I guess I understand if gentlemen's have gone wrong, but like, I don't know, a tie taking you both out—that just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Yeah. Or no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. He didn't, he didn't say go wrong. He said he didn't say go wrong. He said the gentlemen's have not gone my way. So I'm thinking he just like had a few gentlemen's that he lost, and I don't know. Like, it's, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, like that's his decision to do. That's like that's like your decision to do if you don't want to take the gentleman's or like whatever or don't or just be like you know what I'm fine with my run being over but yeah no it was I, you actually would have gotten the win there if we'd uh, if he'd like done it so I don't know it's up it's up to whoever but cool that your like mental was able yeah to like it's like it's like it's it's fine like whatever you want to yeah. do like I'm not gonna push any sort of gentleman's or anything like that it's you know it is what it is if you're fine with the tide just take the tide. Yeah, I feel like that's when I perform best at tournaments too is when I take that pressure off of myself to perform and like don't get super tilted or it it at least helps to not get super tilted, right? I think I a lot I put a lot of pressure on myself for this event and I th think that's when I do best is when I take that pressure off myself mm -hmm. and I just like pick a deck that I is fun and I enjoy and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to totally. I'm going to play some Pokémon um and it's going to be a good time and I'm going to like do my best.
and yeah. it it was and it was and it was a good learning run in a way. Um, like my most of my opponents were like super chill or like fun to play against. Um, I had like a round three opponent that was just like kept like, harping about like a miss. Like he said it was a misplay because I gave him a mana feed to a cram, and it was like no, actually, <laughs> like if I give up if I put the grand ninja up, I have to attach retreat into the mew, which means I'm never attacking there. My hand was dead, so I'm like I need this mew to like. I need this man to die so my mute can come up kind of he thing. He told you it was a misplay? Yeah, he was like he was harping on it like at the end of the game. I'm like, no, actually, like I like no, because I actually need the mute to come up. It's so the... funny when bad players tell you you misplay when you're like, no, I actually didn't. You and just I was, actually don't know what and, a misplay and is. I was I was just kinda of like sitting there because that was two was when I go, that was when I was going down to like O two one, which I've never been before. Like I, the worst I've ever started off a tournament is O one. Like or uh, like, that's the worst I've ever started usually. So I was kind of just like, okay, like you know, it's not really, and he's just like, no, oh, no, no, like, it was, like, a super misplay, like, you know, if you didn't give me that mana fee, I would have, like, you know, I'm like, well, but then I'm not playing, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. It was a big mental check, it was a big reason, like, kind of eye-opening, because it's the first time I've ever played Guardi to, like, a big, spent bigger than the cup, and I'm really just kind of not a fan anymore of the deck, like, I think the deck's super good, it's just that, like, you're- Definitely got some problems. Like, I, I had, like, eight brick games that cost me games throughout the run. And then a bunch of other games where I was like really bad prize, like prize three, I prized three Curlia three times. I prized five Psychics once. Um, I prized three Iono once. I prized two Gardevoir X once. I prized both Arcanas once. Like there's a whole bunch of games where it was just like all, like you'd win one game and your opponent would scoop at a reasonable pace, which is like 10, 15 minutes in, and then it'd be like okay, like second game, oops, I'm like out of this game pretty quick. Still like 10, 15 minutes though before it's like actually like super solid and there's and now you're down no to, like, way you finish the series yeah you're not down to 15 to 20 minutes it's like if your opponent can beat you they can beat you within that time but if you want to win yeah. this gardevoir unless your opponent's like letting you have it you're not going to win in that time frame and that's and kinda... i think the biggest problem is like you don't know until you've played out the turn right like you don't know until the last curlia or arcane yeah, draw that you, you missed the ex and by then you spent 10 minutes into the game your opponent spent five to ten minutes in the game and now it's just like oh man like now i like i scoop this but now it's like I have to really rush, and then, like every single game, every single round except for one, I went. I was the game was over on like the last turns of time, and that was such a kind of a grueling experience where you're like, there's always like this five to ten minute mark at like the end of the third game where I'm just like having to like like not even worry about thinning cards, not even worry about like optimizing board. I'm just playing cards like super fast. I'm like, okay, I got like just gotta get these attacks and I got to get these turns over because I need to get like two more turns in in the next ten minutes, and my opponent's gonna spend like five minutes on their turns at least, so I like, I gotta get these in. Especially um, depending on the matchup. Like, I played a Lost mm -hmm. Box, and they had to, like, turbo toward the hell out of it to even have a shot. And, yeah, and it's like, even though I do like Gardevoir, like, as a deck, just, like, playing in that environment just wasn't super fun. Like, that's why, like, I think I've been enjoyed, I've been playing a lot of Gardevoir. Like, I've been playing a lot of Gardevoir lately, but it's mostly been in, like, either testing or cup environment. And in the cup environment, a lot of them are best of one Swiss, which is actually, I've won mm. two cups with Gardevoir. Um, yeah, Gardevoir is so much better. Uh, do I finish the first in best of one? Yeah, like I won one in one fifty one. I won one in Paradox, and both times they're like best of one Swiss. So like you play in Swiss in thirty minutes, like you finish your game, right? And then you get to Top Cut, and it's like now it's like it's it's sudden death at the end of it at worst, and you have more time to complete the first two games. So yeah, yeah I, I I probably won't play it again for a major unless something changes fundamentally with the deck, like maybe after rotation. But um, I, I have a lot it... of sorry, go ahead, finish. That. No, you're good, you're good. I think I was about to say I think it's a really good deck. I think it's probably one of the top easily like one of the top three decks in the game right now i just don't think that i personally can play i want to play to a matrix i don't play slow enough to get like just one game in and then you never complete game two but i don't play fast enough that i can be like no watch guardy like three games in the course of 50 minutes i'm somewhere in between which is i don't think i can speed up and i don't think i can slow down and like i started 3-0 it definitely hurts a lot and i had a lot of moments like in that 3-0 that i was like man i'm getting like 
pretty lucky off variance here, either like off of a, like my round one opponent went Marit pass and then I went uh, Candy, Guardi EX, KO, like off into Maridon, which is like an awful matchup. Um, and like, I think I had to hit a lot of, like there was throughout the tournament, I, I went five through one total. I, I lost my win in, unfortunately, to our friend who we traveled with. You, Josh played, you played a Josh, Josh, right? Yeah, I played Josh on the win yeah. in, which is Maridon, which is a bad matchup for Guardi for sure. Um, but honestly, glad. I mean, he ended up top 32 which is great for him. Um, but overall, like, there was a lot of moments that I had that I was like, my variance is actually pretty good, and I could still definitely lose this series. Like, just based off, like, you know, I wanted, there was a Zard that I hit that, like, he prized two Charmander, and if he didn't do that, he probably would have won a game, and then we would have tied. Just stuff like that, that, like, you know. Guardi just has a lot of issues with time where if your opponent plays a deck that is at all a setup deck where they're even taking any like my charizard opponent even said oh like i have to play my turns really fast because like guardy is going to take five minute turns for every one of their turns pretty much because they have so much stuff to do right so like i don't know if you're considering guardy i would definitely it's not a bad play it obviously top forward and is a very good deck but also has a really high skill ceiling and then the whole it's worse against people who are scooping to you and then winning a second game uh one of my I only tied once, and it was to a Tina that, like, scooped well on time. So, if you're playing against... Shout out Micah. It was another homie that I met. Dude, that was one thing about Portland, is almost every of my round opponents were, like, massive chillers. Like, just mega homies. Everyone was so chill. It's a West Coast regional, so obviously it's gonna be chill. Yeah. Yeah, really, really nice. I liked, um, I liked everybody but my round uh, six opponent. He was not chill? No, he's a good, he's a good buddy. He's a good buddy of mine. I just wanted to. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, so he was, he was, he was scum. He was like yeah. scumming you everything. He was rule sharking yeah. you, angling. Should we talk about some of the results of uh, Portland? All right, results for Portland. <laughs> this just in: Lost Tina is good this format. Whoa, crazy. Also, John Ng is good. Congrats to John Ng for finally getting that dub because he's been so close so many times. I'm still in shock personally. Like I. I was happy for him to win. Trevor knows the script guy, and he read the script, and he's yeah, like, I, read the I don't script, and he was it. supposed to. I read the script, and he was supposed to die in top four to Mew Fusion, and then Sam was supposed to, like, sack the hell out of Mew Fusion in finals. <laughs> but someone didn't read the script, apparently, and decided to try to win the whole thing, which they did. So, you know, good job, John, at ruining the script, but, you know. God, that would have been so sick, because then Sam would have got his invite. <laughs> Pretty stacked top eight, to be honest. There's a lot of really good players in top eight. Honestly, like, the first and second game... The first and second game of that best of three in top in the finals there versus Sam and um, John was actually really good. Like, I feel like both players earned the loss on the first and second game, but it wasn't, like, super obvious. It was a lot of, like, small things that, like, led up to it, but it was also, like, good capitalization for the other player to, like, capitalize on those things. It was actually, like, really good. It was really cool finals to watch. I wish the third game had got a bit more, like, not just dom uh, Sam getting domed, but Whoa, it was actually spoilers. a really I mean, I mean yeah, you're, like, if, wow. if you're listening to this, you don't know who won Portland. I'm sorry. It's been like a week. Wah, wah, cry a river. But no, good job from both of them. That was like such a fun. I think if you're like looking to play Tina and like looking to find sort of find out the ins and outs of the mirrors and what the deck can do, like you definitely yeah. watch that finals. Totally great game to watch. Also crazy. That, I mean, that's the only game. Um, This is the only tournament, the only major that Sam, I think the only tournament period that Sam Huff is playing and he almost netted his invite off of it. If he would have yeah. won that game. If he didn't get benched, and he won. Because uh, he lives in for, Japan. Yeah, yeah lives for the rest of it. Rest of so it would have been so. crazy if you just get your invite off of one tournament. That would have been nuts. Oh, he lives yeah. in Japan? Uh, was in the script. Yeah, he's uh, modeling works, in Japan. Works in Japan. Oh, uh, gotcha. But he'll be there for another couple months. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, we'll not be able to play any more events this year. So, uh, 
That was his, that was his one in single shot to get an invite and <laughs> almost did it too. Got a it fresh seven so... K off it though. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I know. Sam Sam's crazy at the game. Yeah, he's very very good. Yeah, uh, they should have done like uh like John scoops to Sam for his invite, but then like John gets some money or something. Nah, you gotta take the win there. No, no there's no shot. Like John's <laughs> fine. He's gonna get his invite. No, it's not about invite. It's not, it's about, not about invite though. Invite. It's about winning no, it's a regional and having your name yeah. up there in picture and the like. Oh man, no. I, I'm John's sorry. John's also been thirsty for it forever. I could he's be wanted at, it so bad for. So I could long. be at two thousand points. I could be at two thousand points, and Drew is at needs this win to get his invite. <laughs> and I would be like, I'm so sorry, little one. And then oh. throw it, pitch you off the cliff <laughs> as I take the dough. Long live the king. <laughs> I was <just> like, <laughs> I wouldn't. And honestly, that's the way I would want it. I would, I would yeah. want it like that compared. Cause it's like, I think original win, especially is just so, yeah. It's just different. Like this isn't a cup we're talking about that would get you the yeah. invite. This is like, these are, these regionals are huge right now. And the prestige from winning yeah. them is so much higher than it's it was a, it's like a reputation thing. Yeah. You I could remember literally charge more for coaching for being a regional winner. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, I remember coaching, back in the. Am I right? I love coaching. Right, let's not open that can. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe later. Yeah. I like like I remember back in the day in 2013 when I was playing in Oregon regionals right after Chase won Worlds in senior division. He had just aged up. Me and him faced in top four of that regionals, and it was Portland regionals. <laughs> and I remember a whole bunch of people be asking Chase like, "Yo, so you're scooping the Trevor, right? Because like you have your invite, like you know you don't you don't need this like event. Like you scooped a Trevor in top four, right?" And I remember telling them, I was like, no, he doesn't. Like, <laughs> if I don't want to, I don't want to win this regionals by him like, scooping through top four. I mean, I destroyyed Chase anyway, but <laughs> I destroyed Chase. <laughs> Just wanted to throw scoop. that out there. Yeah, exactly. But like, yeah. you know, I wanted to earn that win. I do not want that win in something big as that. It's, you know. A pity, a pity win. Yeah, exactly. No, you did. You, you earned the dubs. You earned the dubs or you don't go. Well, so let's get into talking about the top eight results from Portland because it was a lot of the same and then like right. one Arceus deck. And so it was like, you know, we saw Gertina in the finals Zard. and Zard. And so yeah. the most interesting thing seemed to be Makani's deck. And so maybe we start talking about that first because that was the thing that I was most excited about for sure, at least. True. Definitely interesting. One of the most interesting things, I saw um, Makani's game against Azul. Uh, it was like near the end of day one. I caught the end of the game. or the, I finished my round really quickly, and I watched part of the game three. And something interesting that I saw Makani do is he didn't attach to an Arceus V turn one. He attached to a Regigigas V, uh, which was really interesting. I think he ended up uh, Roaring of the Sword anyway onto the Arceus. I didn't watch all the game, but... It was definitely something, I think the deck, you know, at first glance, it just kind of looks like a Arceus pile brick, but um, one of... Uh, I mean, Trevor it has too many one-ofs to feel like that. <laughs> yeah, it does have a lot of one-ofs. Um, but one of uh, Trevor, my buddies, Jake Snacktiago, he's a good friends with Makani, and we were talking to him in a group chat about it, and there's like actually a surprising amount of interesting lines that the deck can take at first glance you're like oh this is just another arceus brick but i think makani definitely pilot probably pilot it really well and in the game that i watched he was definitely taking his to a game three so it's at least that good you know Ooh, and you can mind ruler with alakazam in this deck <laughs> true you can mind ruler oh that's broken it's really good against control Busted against control. Yeah, I was about yeah, to say. Yeah, I guess like against control. This is oh like God. You just destroy. I'm it. like, how much HP does Storlax have? And you're like, oh, like a hundred. Doesn't matter. Bang, dead. dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm curious also about like why Regigigas V Star because like it was never played before. In in like sure it does 230 and has 300 HP, which is good. 
Like, I wonder how good it is. Maybe it just does, like, open up a bunch of lines. Well, that's because, like, the Regigigas V is, like, decent, I guess. Probably decent to Zard because you can, like, take the damage and then, like, hit back, and it's a pretty bulky uh, basic. And it's, like, not even the V-Star power. Like, the V-Star power probably just does never comes up because you do just need to arc V-Star at some point to, like, keep going. But, like, the 3 energy for 230 and then having 300 HP is kind of at the same breakpoint as Zard almost for a lot of decks. Um, or at least more than the 280. Like, it's pretty sick, right? Like, you just three, you, you yeah, do your arc turn one, good. and then you just come out, and you're like, all right, who's dying next, and who's not killing me after? You can hit a moon. You can make deck. that matchup, like, um, fine. <laughs> no! No! No, moon's 2080. So. <laughs> I was going to say, moon probably farms you. Um, yeah. Wait, why is... Why, though? You have, like, Radiant Zam to, like, presumably move to damage. not kill to not kill them after they one shot you they, and they also play a lot of them play jellies <laughs> a lot of them play jellies now too oh yeah the jellies have really been very cool yeah like if you look at ross coffin's build that he i think top 32 to ross 64 Cawthorn? with what i say yes ross whatever Cawthorn. you guys uh no sorry he got 33rd Cawthorn. so um sorry he top yeah, 64 he got 30 top 64 yeah, 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 yeah. So he had this. He had the sad. Bu- he had the really sad bubble. But his list is actually in- really good. Like I really like his list. Um, one jelly. But but yeah, they just, they just one shot you over and over again, and they like they they lo- they give up four prizes, and then you're out six prizes, and it's like, oh damn, that's bad math for me. Um, but is yeah, there, like, is there just not a line that you can take with like Radiant Zam though? Because if they put all the damage on them, you can like rope and do weird things, and then like Iono, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Like, the thing is, is like if you have a V Pokemon down in the active, they're killing you for two on their first turn, and, and it might be true. on your energy arses. And everything yeah. you have retreats for one, except for like the Roaring Moon, which you just attack with again, and then you're like, haha, got yeah. you. And then you have to keep That's setting true. things up, and they're fast, too. So like on their turn, their turn one, they're just like, I'll take a two prize. And you're like, oh, I don't come back from this. This is so sweet. Yeah, it seems kind of hard, for sure. Um, I was looking at, like, I was looking at um, the Trainer Hill stats for the matchups, and Ark actually had like good matchups across the board. It just had two bad matchups. It had 40-60 against Lost Tina, which is kind of ouchy. And then it had a 20-80 against Moon. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> what was the Zard? Is this for all Arceus builds? Or was it just, like, because I can assume that a lot of the Arceus... Uh, Arc Gigas, because like, all the other Arceus builds had their own, like, little archetypes where they were, like, Arc Superior, like, Arc That. That was the only Arc that was just, like, Arc. Because I, I never understood that... Like, it did. Um, it just like, I, I, the I don't think the Charizard matchup is like fifty-five. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'm not, I'm not comfortable with it. I think sense. I think it probably is. Um, I haven't so uh, some information first is I have not played that much Arc yet. I've kind of like like woken up to it a bit in this last week, but I'm not like experienced with Arc much at all. I've played some games with it, but not like in depth like makani has or anyone else has but like it's like you just keep judge pathing the right and the box disasters are super good um yeah. i guess the box disasters don't really matter that much do they because then they sit another 250 and then you don't you can't reach that yeah number. it's a one-off um i don't know it's like it's like you probably just get there by judge pathing and two shotting like you're both two shotting each other but you have sharon's cares to pick your guys up like as long as you're not just going to like the taking four prize against them like like, you're just, like, turbo to the four prize, and then they're just like, okay, we'll just one-shot you a few times and you can't get us. Like, I don't know, it's probably, I'd say probably 55 is probably where, probably where it sits, right? Because of the Sharon's cares and the Judge Pathing stuff. Like, yeah. I don't think it's, like, a sweep like some of your other matchups are, but it's, like, 
it's probably pretty good. I'll tell you, uh, it it absolutely kicks the snot out of Palkia. I'll tell oh, you that right definitely. Now. Like you, you, you're, you're just like you're like how can you one you're like you're arcs of one Palkia is just like you one shot me. Nah, sorry, bro. <laughs> Nothing personal. <laughs> oh my gosh, that that was the fastest round of my life. Makani just turns over Arceus, and I was about to be like, but not the hey, fastest round of Andrew's life. No, Andrew's bad. Shut Andrew. up. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, my God. Set me up too good. Uh, whatever. Well, so I know, you know we're going to talk about Charlotte a little bit later, but is this a deck that you would actually consider like testing for Charlotte, considering like you only have a couple days left? Oh, it's definitely. Something thinking about. Uh, it's definitely on my about. radar. I am like It's definitely a deck that I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm at the point where it's like a front runner, but it's like, I kind of already cut out a few decks that I definitely don't want to play um, that are, like, high-tier decks. So I'm kind of going for lower-tier decks. <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, no, no. Not as bad as you can sound. Not, not as bad as you sound. Time not Maractus. Not, not that, that time again? Is it. That's, it's no, no. Sauce, I'd, play, I'd play Garbodor like a regular person. Like, <laughs> um, But no, it's more like... It, it's, it's, more, it's more like I have... I have a deck in mind that is my front runner pick that I am like ninety five percent gonna play, and I've already cut out a lot of the other tier like known tier one decks. So now what I'm basically trying to do is trying to backfill my knowledge um, with like some of the decks that are a bit like less like higher tiered but are potentially have great potential for Charlotte. Is it uh, is it a secret pick? Is that is that what we're? Um, my pick isn't a secret pick, but I'm like I, I mean I don't actually mind talking about it a bit, but like I'm basically like looking at like Gold Dango and like arc not because i'm not necessarily going to play them but because they're decks that i have like less knowledge on and but like i look at them on paper and i'm like hey these decks like might be pretty good so play them more find out their weaknesses and if they're like not good then i'm just not going to play them Goldengo, uh also doing really well online and also i think Goldengo is one of the decks in the meta that's like i think Goldengo and moon are both some of the most underexplored in terms of like finding yeah. a really solid it, like Maridon in past formats better... where like good players never picked them up it was just like players playing them as kind of memes so like they never got yeah. like the innovation and like having a pilot that's just like plays like minimal players to like actually show what the deck can do it's like i think moon is definitely underrated oh yeah there was a Goldengo at 46 that looks like yeah. it was 8-1 in the day two i think like there was one at the top tables for sure there was, was one that was like 7-2 yeah i was testing it a little moon bit going into too. portland and you know i didn't i didn't hate it it definitely had a lot of i think power and potential but like getting iono pathed and like one shot by Gertina was really really bad iono path in general or even just iono sometimes and like that's kind of the problem, problem with the deck yeah, yeah like it's like it's like a good blow up deck but it's not that consistent mm. like you have problems with any deck that like mew and like tina and anything that can like judge path you is kind of a problem anything that can one shot you back consistently is also a problem so tina just kind of doubles up on that which is kind of like i think you can't have a bad tina matchup going to charlotte like nah. you could have an even matchup with it, but I don't think you have a bad one, which is why Zard was like pretty much immediately off the table for me as a play because I think Zard is a good deck, but also it's like you just face a Tina and you're like, I can win, but how do I feel about facing three Tinas in day one? And if I face I three Tinas Tina in day numbers, one, I'm like, ah. Tina numbers either stay like around the same as it were for Portland, maybe down a little bit, but also possibly maybe even up after this uh, Radner uh, Gearheart match. Awesome. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Matchup of the ages. Oh my gosh. What was yeah. the what, what was the final score? 5-3. Five, five, three. Three. Bradner went 5-0. Oh. He started down 3 and then went 5-0 oh to come back. Kind of crazy. Wow. I did predict too that uh, Bradner went 5-3 and a lot of people also predicted an 8. 
I think it just goes to show, and like the thing too is like I was watching, like especially the last two games. I was like, I was playing in like just like a local today, so I didn't like watch all the games. But the last two, I was watching Gradner's play, and it was like, he did some lines where I was like, oh, I don't know if that's right. And then he would like he would finish the turn, and I'd be like, oh no, he was so right. <laughs> and Bradner was on Tina, right? Yeah, yeah, Bradner played Tina. T- Bradner played that like mega well. Um, like anything, like almost every, I think pretty much every play where I was like, I'm not sure if that's the route I would go for end up being like basically based on discard prize and good whatever or like what his end game plan was for it was just like oh no you've maximized your outs here sir well played um yeah so it was actually it was pretty impressive i'm not sure what the first three games because he did lose the first three so i didn't i didn't watch those the, um, those are tina things just tina oh uh, so he front loaded the three brick tina games into the first three games to give us the most suspense <laughs> yeah. i see what a showman um <laughs> to give us the run back Kind of, yeah, going from, I mean, he was down three and then winning five in a row, kind of insane, honestly. Pretty good, Ox, has, actually. Has Tina like, ever, quite good. I don't think Tina's ever gone five games in a row without breaking, so, <laughs> quite honestly. Uh, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely some, uh, there's like definitely like some plays off of Jake's side that definitely helped Bradner in some of the, at least those last two games that I was seeing. Like, it wasn't like huge, huge yeah, things, true. but definitely some plays where I was like, there was a I don't know, man. That was questionable. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Some of it was a little bit like, hmm, but. Also, like, it's fair. A lot of nerves, too, when you're up three games. Now, suddenly, like, Bradner's brought it back three, and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Losing the last three takes a lot of your momentum, for sure. Also, like, playing the Avery was kind of sketchy to me. Like, what happened there? Uh, he played uh, the Avery in Portland. Oh, okay. Someone told me he, like, switched a card No, no, he, play- he he did. He played the Avery in Portland. So, oh. it was actually just, like, their their um their Portland list. Like, straight up. I'm not sure if Jake actually played in... Oh, Jake did play in Portland, I'm pretty sure. But I think it was he just they took the... He did play the Avery Port- in Portland, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they just took the Portland list, and um, Bradner was playing in Avery, and that was disclosed beforehand, as far as I've heard. Um, he's kind of like you know, you're playing Jirachi, and you're you're playing Jirachi in your guardy list. I'm playing Avery in mine. It's kind of like the yeah. same. Which honestly, the Avery was like cooking, just cooking those two games. I don't know if Avery's like the ultimate correct choice in Tina right now, but definitely for playing as Gardevoir, yeah, feels good, man. Yeah, definitely. What about uh, what about the Ray Chen list? Um, what are we thinking about this? The Iron Valiant Greedent V Max. Oh yeah. Nah, you're. you're it's it, 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 it's, it's, it's in cool, day two. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Top one twenty eight even. Oh man. A buddy, a buddy yeah. of a buddy so, of mine who got who, my Dan Dempster who got sixty fourth. He beat that, and it's like he was like he remember him telling me about that like day. I think it was day one that he faced it, and he's like, "Yo, I just faced like the craziest deck," and I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "It's like Iron Valiant and Greedent," and I'm like. But you're on a winning record right now, my guy. <laughs> how did that so Ray, yeah, where, Ray How did they get? A, how, what are you doing up there, fella? <laughs> Ray, Ray's a local player that they play here in Seattle, and oh, they're known for like I played against them. Yeah, yeah, super, super nice. Um, but they they're known for playing some like really wacky kind of stuff, and they made the list I think three days before the tournament started. Or something like that, and just kind of was like, "Yo, I'm a, I'm a send it." And honestly, when you look at the list, you're like, this, "A lot of these cards make a lot of sense." So I don't know if it's one of those things that it's like, "Is it worth going back and trying to optimize some of this stuff, or is it actually just like a flash in the pan?" But so it it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation. Regardless. The, the way I feel about those kind of decks, like they're always interesting when you see them do like well or reasonably well. Um, but it's also one of those decks where it's like it's out too far outside of my scope of what my current knowledge base is towards decks. And when I have a major in a week, I'm like, oh yeah, no. this there might be something yeah. better you can optimize in this, but I don't have the time to optimize exactly this. And, and like, what's the, this what's the like value? Is like, is it better to optimize Greedent 
Valiant or like, do we want to find the best Goldango or Moonless potentially? Yeah, or, or, a, a, more value. or a very a very good deck that has already been optimized by two of the people on this channel. Oh, true. That is that is mm -hmm. the sauce. Oh, Maractus is oh, the sauce, guys. No. I think you do the, actually have to try it. The... Not... <laughs> no, that sauce is expired. Throw it away. That, that <laughs> sauce oh, is expired. That's a perfect that was the cue. Payoff. It, that was a perfect cue into trivia, actually. I have a trivia question for you guys. Maybe we're okay. Portland. <laughs> now, <laughs> okay, yeah, you can talk about, I'm setting a timer for literally one minute. You can talk about Maractus <laughs> for one minute. Yay. No, oh, no, 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 not, no, 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 that wasn't it. I was talking about Portland. I was talking about Portland for one more minute. <laughs> no, you could, you could go on the Xbox for one game and then it's time for bed. It's, no, no. it's actually, so I, I, I've been hyping this deck up. And I played it the other day on um, our Andrew and I's new side project stream, mm -hmm. the Understore Shrew Crew. Check so it out. big shout outs there. Uh, if if you're looking for fifty percent more Drew too many, it's over there. Drew just enough. Drew, yeah, right. Oh Drew, Drew one card. <laughs> Drew one card. <laughs> um, it was a Maractus. I uh, I was I was hyping this up to to Andrew, and he's like, "There's no way." And I think we won like three or four games in a row, and and I've converted him. So that's at least part of the the pod that I've converted over to this thing. I don't know. It's fun. It's it's slaughters. It's slaughters Zard. It okay. Say a... what it does for the people, and uh, then I'm gonna so, start trivia. So it's uh, <laughs> discard a for every tool that you discard from your hand, it does 50 damage, and you pair that with the Snorlax from 151 that gets back two uh, leftovers. And like this is not like my idea or an original idea. There was a guy in Germany that played it on like some random limitless tournament and went five and two with it. And I started exploring it, and because his list I don't think was that great, um, but I've definitely put way more time into this list than I did into Palkia, which is what I played for Portland. Um, it, it's it's not bad if you hit the right matchups. It has almost a near auto loss into Tina, and right. any competent Gardevoir player can beat you. But outside of those two things, it's actually a very good into the rest of the field. Outside of the number one and number three decks in the meta. Yes. You'll You're be really against the number four and lowers. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it eats those decks. Yeah. Okay. So my trivia question. <laughs> Drew said time's up. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty basic one, but it's kind of interesting. I don't, I don't know if anyone's going to be able to get this. How many Pikachu cards have been made? Since the history of the start of the game. Get him, Alex. Um, uh, it's 128 last I checked. Cap. No. Is it actually 128? Incorrect. No. That's I think I asked a Dang. similar question to this. Then do it right. Uh, I don't I don't remember you doing that. It was like the Pikachus in Sword and Shield, I think it was. Um. Okay, I got it. Let's see. There's that. There's that one. One, two three then there's yeah. oh my <laughs> guy's counting <laughs> on his <Yeah>. fingers <laughs> one, i'll tell two. you it's the it's it's the like one of the Pikachu. only ones it's the only card Sir, over 156 nope not 156 um uh, okay well alex said 128 uh trevor said 156 i'll go with 127 yeah. nope that is incorrect uh, was well, 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 i closest it. though no, no, it's it's Tre gotta be more. It's more than me. It's more than it's higher. Player. It's higher. Yeah. yeah, Trevor was the closest. But you guys want to get another guess? Above Trevor, two hundred eight. You googled that. What? what? No. <laughs> two hundred eight is correct. No way. I was literally going for a random number. Of, I was literally going for a random number over two hundred. 
I don't. Wow. I don't believe him. Literally swear on my mother and my wow. grandparents' lives. I did not. Yep. Two hundred eight. Pikachu has been featured on two hundred eight different cards since it's debuted in the base set of the Pokemon. Trilogy. That's, that's crazy. Two hundred. Is that featured so or called Pikachu? How did you know that? How did? That's literally insane. We actually are going to the Nino tonight. I only I only work in the morning. To. I need to get up a six. Let's go. <laughs> is that uh, is that featured or called Pikachu? Like if Pikachu is on like a Switch card or something, is it? So it says on Bulbapedia, uh, Pikachu huh. has been featured on 208 different cards since it debuted in the base set of the Pokemon trading card game. Cards are normally lightning type. Well, because I'm wondering Pokemon. if it counts like number one trainer card uh, or well, like illustrator Pikachu. I don't know. I th I think it's actually just. Ha it's like actual Pikachu's. Like yeah, because if you at all them, I think it's like things like Lieutenant Surge Pikachu's, Pikachu Delta. Like, so if you PKMN cards Pikachu, it comes up with two hundred and sixteen results. Oh, Jacques. If I include so, like tags, I mean, I don't know. Well, well, I, well. The other thing I guess too is that that does have the V Union, which brings it down, I guess, a little bit. But oh yeah, that probably. Uh, and then you have like reprint. You have reprint things cards, like McDonald's. So thing that looks exactly the same as i don't know but regardless like i could see with like the v union and there's the, also in the uh, mcdonald's promo is probably like bringing it down poncho wearing pikachus <laughs> and they're all different but they all are poncho wearing pikachus oh see this is why i got it wrong i was thinking that it was all pikachu cards and not just ones called pikachu that that's that's why i got the question wrong that's why you were 80 short. Oh, wait, wait, sense. wait, wait, wait. Actually, no, it might. <laughs> it's actually less because when you type in Pikachu onto that site, the Detective Pikachu cards come up because. Mm -hmm. So it does remove some of those. So 208 is probably. Okay, my trivia question time. So my trivia question this week is based off of Shiny Pokemon. And so this question also is coming from Tr Terrence Miller, who listens to the podcast, homie from Arizona. Shout out to him. Uh, he asked. He was curious, you know, what shiny Pokemon has been printed on the most TCG cards? And so I think you guys could probably get the top three at the very least. Um, but try and give, like, the top three and also the one that you think is number one. Um, uh, Charizard. Mike? Charizard is one of the top three. Yes, correct. Is number one or one of the top three? Is one of the top three. Is it number one? Um, I guess we'll find out once other people have guessed. Yeah. My, my I'll guess, guess is Okay, Rayquaza, Rayquaza is, a good guess is another that is one. That's a really good guess. That's nice. a really good guess. I'm that gonna guess Magikarp. Magikarp, Magikarp is Magikarp not one of the top three. Well, <laughs> yep. So Trevor and Drew, yes, got one of the top three. Uh, Alex, let's uh, go. So then it's not. Is it Gyarados then? It's not Gyarados. It's a good guess too. What? Dang, bro's There's no way it's a Pikachu because Pikachu is so similar to their regular they don't even bother to do the shiny. It's something like completely stark different. Um, yeah, it's not Pikachu. There's one more Pokemon in the top three. There's somebody. There's a purple Pokemon, I think. Oh, that... is, it, is it Eevee? Is it Mew? No, no. Trevor's on the right track with purple Pokemon. It's not I, Mew. We were talking about it before the podcast. Very, there's something that's very wait before the podcast. Maractus. <laughs> not Maractus. No. <laughs> I don't even know what shiny Maractus looks like. <laughs> you guys know this one. It's, no it's good in standard format. There's a lot purple. of people that don't know what a Maractus looks like. Purple shiny Pokemon. Mewtwo? Not Mewtwo, but it is psychic. <laughs> Just tell. All I want to know is if I beat Trevor. That's all I care about. Is it? Uh, you're is already losing dude. more than Rayquaza. <laughs> okay. The number three Please. one is Gardevoir. Uh, really? 
Yeah. So, but the top two drum roll, please. Guard's number one. I body Trevor. It's got to be so. Great Quaza is number one. Let's oh, go, baby. Get out of here. It. Pack them up. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm fact checking the crap out of this. We're not just one and zero. We're a thousand and zero here. <laughs> go ahead. You. Okay. You'll be fact checking Bulbapedia. There's a whole All Bulbapedia right. page. Where you can find these shiny Pokemon featured in the TCG. I'm only seeing four Gardevoirs that are shiny, though. They, they probably don't print shiny Pokemon that much. I remember you got, uh, they're probably counting, like, the shiny Gardevoir EX from Steam Siege, and then the shiny, like, full art Mega Gardevoir EX from Steam Siege, and, like, stuff like yeah. that. Checking. Is it Dark Explorers 1? Six, okay. I, I was just thinking of all the sense. random Gardevoir, like, because there's a lot of Gyaradoses sense. that are shiny, too. They're, like, all the EXs yeah, are all shinies. You guys didn't believe me. Did you include Paldean Cap. Fates in this? Uh, I did not include Paldean Fates. Paldean Fates is not legal, sir. That probably adds like two... I was asking. That's what I was asking. That probably adds like two more Zards. Gardevoir does get two more shiny prints in Paldean. And, and yeah, yeah, Gardevoir exactly. too. Yeah, that's why I got it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why you got it wrong. <laughs> Zard gets at least one. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's not legal. I'll give Trevor this one. Yeah, Trevor's been mm. killing okay. you. Gosh, so, but you guys... Yes! That's all I, I needed. That's all I needed. That's all I needed for this week. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Somebody Alrighty. please please take this man to the casino. Let's go to, <laughs> I'm ready for my trivia. Well, I'm going to Charlotte in a week, so I'll go to the casino in a week. Um, <laughs> hey. All right. So my trivia question was: I was going to speaking of obscure and unloved decks. Um, I was going to bring up what is the highest placing of three different decks at Portland, but um, one of them was Goldango, which um, <laughs> um, Andrew already said it was 46th place was the highest placing one. So instead, we're going to go with another forgotten archetype, which is Canadians. Um, so <laughs> what was the highest placing Roaring Moon deck, the highest placing Chen Pao deck, and the highest placing Canadian player? Uh, Roaring Moon was 33rd, wasn't it, Ross? Is that your guess? Yeah. Okay, so what, what? Andrew, what do you think the record, highest, highest placing player. Roaring Moon player? I'm gonna say you, top 32. I think there was one in top 32. The post, wait, if you're gonna guess top 32, guess an, a placing, top 16? placing in top 32. Okay, so you're just both doing that. That's fine then. I'm just saying moon in 32. Yeah, I'll just say so top 16. Drew says oh. moon in 32. Um, are you saying moon in 64 there, Alex? I yeah, I just geeked yeah. though. You know. And then 16 <laughs> for um for Andrew. So the highest placing Roy Moon was 22nd place Raymond Liu. Ah, that's top 32. And and 22nd. So Drew got that one. Next was think... the highest placing Chen Pao. I think uh, it was Jared Grimes, right? I'm pretty sure Jared. I don't know how how well did he do though. I think it was also Jared Grimes, like top sixty four. Was it top sixty four? I feel like he top thirty two. I'm pretty sure he top thirty two as well. I don't remember. To be I'll fair, go... I looked at this like earlier today, so I'll I, go. Uh, sure, I'll go one twenty eight just 30, to balance this out here. 32. Top the highest placing Chen Pao was Jared Grimes at twenty fourth place. Ah, hey, yo, whoops! I remembered something I looked at like two hours ago. <laughs> All right, but now, what is the what was the highest placing Canadian player at this regionals uh, last yeah. year? The highest placing Canadian player was first. There's no way. Uh, top uh, top ten forty eight. Unfortunately, Alex is incorrect. Canadian, <laughs> you know, <laughs> top thirty two has just been working out for me, and I know Josh Fernando, my good friend who farmed me on the winning in uh, top thirty two. So I'm gonna say top thirty two. You know, I actually don't know, and for best Canadian finish, you know, riding on coattails has got me this far in life. So I'll go ahead with Drew and also say top thirty-two. So, <laughs> so worked out for you in Europe. You were correct, as in the bracket. You guys are both correct. Thirty-two, top thirty-two is the highest place in Canadian, but it was not Josh Fernando. It was actually the person he oh. ID'd with, which was Justin, um, who got twenty-fifth place at with Guardy. 
which Josh, oh, I need to get some last round to guarantee top 32 prize. He should have farmed. He should have played, played that out. That, There's that no dude, VIP plus pass. That dude played think. three VIP. It was just three VIP. Yeah, three no VIP, Mew. Yeah. He should. He should just no played, Mew. He should have played it out. He would have. He would have. He would have smoked him and gotten top 16 yeah. prizing. <laughs> Always never ID. Never ID for prizing. Just win out. <laughs> but yeah, he he ID'd with Josh and got uh, 25th place with Guardy. Yeah. Eh, I could see why he nice. didn't play yeah, it out, yeah. like the $2,000 money match. He should have played it out. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I could see why he didn't, too. Honestly, I talked to him about literally that, and he was like, yeah, guarantee 1000 pay for trip, and especially because Josh is not chasing invite this year. Uh, he said that if it had a chance of putting him in top eight, even if it was like a 5% chance, he would 1,000% played it out. But because it wasn't, he's like, oh, I'll just yeah. It was guaranteed money. not. It just would have gotten him. Uh, it would have gotten him guaranteed. Which is 16. actually fair if you're not chasing invite, to be honest. I would do the two thousand dollars. Well, the match. thing is, anything can happen in Pokemon, right? You can literally just go open brick pass, and your opponent's like, turn to candy ex, and then it happens again. You're like, damn, I win no money. Would rather I just didn't ask you. Would I would take <laughs> the thousand dollar money? I'd take the double or nothing money match. Absolutely, every time blind matchup. I don't care. Well, you are going to the casino tonight, so <laughs> he's itching over here. You I'll double it, on, I'll you put split it, you do everything you can to gamble on more. 208 on the roulette table. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, my, 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 my preferred roulette is everything on black 11 on roulette. That's everything. Just put black everything. 11. The, the first time the, I played roulette. For the children listening at home. <laughs> the first time I played roulette, I was losing Go horribly. Black 11. <laughs> I was losing horribly at roulette. And I'm like, at the end of it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take my last $20 and put it all in black 11, and we're going to see where it lands as like a last spin of the night. And it hit Black 11, and I made money, and I walked out of there. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool, we're, we're good. <laughs> did you uh, did you know that all of the numbers on our roulette wheel add up to 666? Yo, let's go! <laughs> Giratina, Giratina wheel. <laughs> like, that's serious. <laughs> Alright, I got, mine's a, uh, mine's a minigame. So, um, it's, it's a elimination style. So, you're going to go one at a time and name a card that fits the category. If you can't name one, you're out, and the other two will fight for the championship. Nice. Cool. Uh, I call Drew around one. Tell, how do we tell? Uh, how do we tell who goes first? Yeah. Do you guys it? want to volunteer for that, or you want me to random it? Yo, do you guys want an ID? That's all ID. I'll yeah. play it out. No, no, I'll play it out. I'll play it out. Sorry, man. Ah. Yeah, I I know that you really want to make day two, but uh, I'd rather <laughs> win the tournament, so I'll play it. Okay, so on my screen <laughs> from left, since we'll we'll go random. I'll go first. Oh, you want to go first? Okay. Uh, who's going second? I'll go second. Okay, cool. I'll take third. And then, and then, so when you miss, you are out, and then the last two will fight it out for the winner. Okay, cool. the The question is one of the most uh, infamous cards of all time is double colorless energy. Mm -hmm. Give me your your category is name a set that double colorless energy has been printed in. Ooh, let's go. Ooh. So Andrew, you're first. And this is everybody's category. That's everyone's category. Okay. And then we just keep going until someone misses. You keep misses. going until so, someone misses someone or, says, oh, if you, oh, oh. or if you hit all of them. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say base oh set two. Okay. Base, I'll write them down so you guys don't forget. This so is so bad is getting correct. third. It's really bad getting third. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's why I go first. I will say uh, XY base set. What, what was that? XY base set. Yeah, XY is one of them. Cool. I will yep. take base set. Base set is one of them. You're welcome, Trevor. Nice. Back to Andrew. Um, Phantom Forces. Phantom Forces is one of them. I will say Heart Gold Soul Silver. Heart Gold Soul Silver is one of them. 
Legendary Treasures had it, right? Legendary Treasures is one of Woo! them. Good oh, job. Nice. Good nice. pick, Trev. I Back thought I remembered Andrew. it in there. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I can think of at least two more. I think of at least two more. Really? Oh, gosh. Um. Oh, oh. Uh. Next Destinies. Next no! Destinies is one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go. That was one of the two I was thinking of. Uh. Oh, uh, Evolutions. 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 Nice. Trevor. Um, um, Trevor's um, dead. Um, 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 Trevor's so dead. Okay, okay. Basis, 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 basis. Um, was. No, oh, I don't know if it's legal. Boy. I don't know if it's legal here yet. Um, He's drowning. And I can't said, save him. Has someone said Sun and Moon base set yet? I don't know. S Sun and Moon has not been said. Sun and Moon base set is, is it? Yes. What? Correct. Back to I forgot oh. about that one. Oh no, I'm screwed. Oh. Nobody I said have... my other one. I still got one in the, you in have the chamber. One? Yeah, I no got way. one in the chamber, bro. Oh, here's, so here's where we stand. I, I typed them all in the chat, right? So you guys have gotten nine yeah. of them. There are four left. Okay. Wow. Um, I can only Andrew, you got to die here, man. I don't think I have Yeah, you one. literally have to die. Oh, well, as long as you don't say mine, it's fine. I can't think of Let's any. Ugh. Give, me, give me a guess. Um, I know there's more from XY. Uh, Roaring Skies. That's Roaring I know. Roaring Skies is incorrect. Uh, Andrew is eliminated. So. I, I couldn't. Let's Drew go. Allen. I couldn't think of the pink one. The, uh, Drew Fates, Allen. That's Fates Collide. That was mine. The pink Fates one's collide. Fates Collide. The pink Collide is from Fates Collide. <laughs> uh, I, I think Trevor's it. gonna die now. Trevor Wait, to stay Fates alive. Fates Collide as a set. That's a yeah. set. It's a set. Yeah, that's a set. The uh, Puzzle of Time was printable. No, but Puzzle of Time is a uh, wait. Puzzle of Time is Breakpoint. Yeah, Breakpoint. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm lying. I'm just capping for fun. Fake news. Fake Collide is um, Alakazam EX is like the oh yeah, hard, yeah, like yeah. hard art. Yeah, pink one. That's the only reason I knew that pink one. If you hit Trevor, you win because I'm I'm dead if you hit. Oh, <laughs> three sets left. There's three. God, there's so oh, many. Um, wasn't there oh, a gold one too? Jesus. There's a How long do I have? Um, I mean, there's a gold within one. reason. Oh, okay. Um. There's no shot. Has someone um, said, like, I think Guardians Rising had it. Did someone say Guardians Rising yet? No one has said Guardians Rising, will... and Guardians Rising is oh. correct. Oh. That's, correct. <laughs> That's where the gold so one is from. Dead. The gold one's oh, from That was the one that I was going to say. I'm so dead. All right, uh, Drew Allen. Um, technically, Trevor has an advantage because he's going last. Uh, technically, Trevor has. It's advantage. only fair because you died on the last one. Oh. <laughs> uh, Drew, I don't think got I, two I don't sets think left. I have. I don't okay, think I have another okay. one. Okay. I don't think I have another one. So Drew, if you, if you get this one, I think I. I think I'm dead here. Oh, it's the gold one. Yeah. Yeah. How mm -hmm. did you know that? It's like reprints. I remembered too, that right? one so because like, I actually looked at like the gold double colorless. Same. Yeah. 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 It's sets that they released in. This is a good one. I actually quite like this. I think one. we've named all the fat border ones. I'm pretty sure there's no. Uh... There's no more like old ones, right? No, I don't think so. Unless we're we're not counting like the. Uh... No, no, not the old game. There wasn't color. any between base set two and heart gold. I'll won't tail. I might be dead. Legendary treasures, we got that. Uh, um, Drew, go to your mind palace. It's the only way. I feel like it's like a. I feel like it's like a. Yeah, okay. Let me, I feel let like me it was just... base set two and then nothing until heart gold <laughs> <till> silver. <laughs> Drew Allen needs. I'm, I'm mind Absolute quiet right now. Perfect. I literally have the like. We're gonna we're gonna Naruto take this time lately, to go to commercial break. The, like, yeah, please do a commercial ad. I'm I'm doing the like. Oh, that's perfect. Like frog ninja. Make sure you pose, follow uh, on the palacing. Twitch channel, the underscore Shrew Crew, for more great Pokemon Maractus content. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I have to get one for myself in case Drew gets one. Go check out the Twitch channel and also the Drew Too Many Podcast and also sponsored by Elite GameSpot. Oh, shoot, it is. Uh, I know. It? Yeah, they are an awesome grading company that does a really neat thing with zone grading. Oh my god. Where they actually. Oh, did you think of one? <laughs> oh, I remember one. I remember one too. I I, <laughs> I hope it's the same one you remember. Reading an ad. Drew, no, no, this Drew? is great because Elite GameSpot literally helped me get into my mind palace and figure out the, <laughs> uh, another double colorless set. Shout out to Elite GameSpot. That's your uh, all your memory needs. Sh- uh, is yours Shining Legends, Trev? Because that's the one I thought. It's not the one. Oh, he got oh, it. Oh, my God. God. Oh, my God. Hey, there's one left, right? Yeah, okay. So Shout Drew out to got Elite Shining Legends. No one has said Generations, right? And Generations is the last one. Yes, yeah. baby. Oh, <laughs> I'm the only loser. Wait, the shining, only loser. Wait, you Shining lose. Legends. What what set was that? It was shining a Legends subset. It was like arc. Yeah. No, no. No. Wait. wait, wait what? What? Yeah. When was that? Re- when did that release? Sun and Moon. It's a Sun and Moon era. Oh, it's, it's a Sun, sun and Moon it's, set. It's like it's like a it's like a sub January set. It's like a half set. Um, I think. Yeah. That like. It's the one where all set. of the the there's no regular rares in that set. Yeah, Zora GX was the only actual real card in that set. Interesting. But no, I I thought you were gonna say Generations or something. Wait, no one said Generations yet. And you're going to hit it here, and then I'm going to die because I have no idea what that last one is. <laughs> well, oh, man. Well, hey, good we job, open. guys. It, it, also, it also helps that, like, I've, I've, like, somewhat, I've somewhat recently, like, because of, like, Plasma coming back to the game with the next set, I've started, like, reminiscing about Plasma and DTEs, and I saw myself on a stream game playing, like, the like base set DTEs, or every um, double colorless, and I'm like, man, I wonder if there's a sicker art than base set. So I started looking them up, and I'm like, nah, there's not a sicker art than base set, unfortunately. The only reason I knew a lot of those is because of the amount of old decks that I have. If I yeah. didn't have a yeah, bunch yeah, of old decks, yeah. I wouldn't I'm, know I'm, our gold, I wouldn't know a lot of those. So we, so we, can we both win that one? Yeah, you guys both. Double colorless energy has been a lot of points for me, so I have very much like just like same as Lugia cards. I've looked up a lot of Lugia cards. I've looked up a lot of. I'm double glad they nerfed it. Honestly, N's double colorless well. energy is so broken. Two energy for one is just insane. I I honestly miss it. I think double turbo is more fair and balanced, but I miss it. Speaking of double colorless energy, you know where you can get your gold double colorless energy graded with Elite Game Spot grading. They have this super cool way of grading where they'll actually tell you exactly what part of the card is marked or damaged and why they're giving it that grade. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, and so um, not only do they have this special zone grading system, that's but neat. they also give every single one of your grades like a specific serial number, and then that serial number is actually res- registered on the blockchain where you can also where you can actually like look it up and let's say, you know, you are toured and you won number 1 trainer, for example, and you go get that graded with EGS. They will put that serial number, and so whenever you sell that card, you can um, either like see where it's been, or you can also like show other people like, "Hey, this is towards number one, number one trainer card." And so, yeah, huge shout out to EGS for sponsoring this episode. Shall we uh, start discussing Charlotte? Yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Yeah, Trevor, why don't you start us off? Because I'm sure you have a lot of things to say. Oh, Charlotte I'm... Regionals. Yeah, There's no good I... play. Oh, boy. Oh, you heard it here first. <laughs> honestly, Roll honestly, well, I say. I'm not going to Charlotte, but I am going. I there is a outside snowball chance that I go to Knoxville. I am registered. When is so, that? Uh, the week after. Mm. So like this this discussion. No, no, no. Week after is Liverpool. Uh, Knoxville is like February oh, something. Sh- February first. It's the first week of February. Um, um, sorry. No, it is. Yeah, it is the first weekend of February. Yeah, first weekend yeah. of February is Knoxville because the last weekend of January is uh, Liverpool. Okay, so it's two um, weeks after. I am I'm registered for Knoxville. 
I might go. Oh, right. You're supposed to sell your collection, right? Uh, it was contingent on me selling the collection, but my, my buyer ran into a snag and is no longer buying it. So, mm. Oh, yeah. This episode's also sponsored by Alex's Master Set Collection. You should buy it. <laughs> if you want to buy, <laughs> buy it. You got an extra $70,000, Lana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to spend it. <laughs> Honestly, buying a Master Set collection is, like, actually just only stocks because, like, it Pokemon just goes stocks. up over time, either through, like, inflation or just because, like, the, the, the interest in the game just keeps rising. So buying something like a Master Set is actually just, like, like literally just, like, buying gold bars. As long as you can keep it in a place where you don't damage it, you're just, like, it's just going to appreciate value always. It's just great investment. It's a smart play, really. Well, there um, you go. Speaking of other smart plays, so the smart play for Charlotte is don't think you have a smart play. And I don't mean that actually cynically. I think that there's, like, there's a whole bunch of good decks in the format that are all very fine plays that could top eight or win. And every each of those decks has a few glaring weaknesses that definitely totally. could end your run. Or maybe you don't don't match up it or you don't run into issues where you draw like poorly one out of two games of Gardevoir and have time issues. I think the play for for Charlotte is literally just play a deck that's good, that you like playing, and then just be like, you know what, if I hit the bad things, you hit the bad things. And just pick your weaknesses. Honestly, that's, that's kind of why I would pick Maractus. I'm, like, sick of every single deck in the format, and I'm like, okay, if I go against something but Zards, then I'll do great, and it, I'll, I also have a ton of fun playing the deck, and so I kind of just want to send that. I mean, I said I did say play a good deck. Hey, hey, don't knock it before you try it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, play the tier, you play the tier one or high tier two deck that has, the, has, like, a good enough, like, consistency things, and then you play that. No, you don't, you don't dip below bottom of tier two. Don't crush my dreams. Um... And I'm I'm not even gonna give Maractus a tier. <laughs> it's clearly tier one. <laughs> well, and I do think there is something to be said, even if you know, you know, Maractus isn't the best deck. Maybe I think there is something to be said about just picking a deck and running with the matchup roulette sometimes too. Like, yes, it can be scary to do sometimes, but also if it's the deck that you have the most practice with, you probably should just send it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, too, is, like, I've been very much heavily going through Pokestaps live data as far as informing myself on which, how the decks did what they did. And you look at players' runs, and for the most part, the players that did well either did not face, like, the, the things they lost to were, like, the bad matchups. And this is the same for the last few tournaments, the th or, be like, this last, like, three majors, I'd say, is the players that get into the top eight, if they hit their bad matchup, they hit it, like, one or two times, they lose to it or tie to it, and then they don't hit like more than that and then they get top cut because they didn't face that many bad matchups or they face like one or two of their bad matchups and they like beat them which sometimes you do beat your bad matchups and then they just like it does like th there's never a saturation you never see like the, the the mew player hitting like four zards or five zards right like it just doesn't happen if that's gonna happen you're just gonna lose but then they hit a whole bunch of the other field and then they get there right same with like like you know tina they don't face like a whole bunch of mew or whatever and like you know they, they just get there but the nice thing about the format, though, is that I think that the, choosing the deck really sucks for players that want to make a really informed decision on their pick. Um, but the gameplay right now is very intricate, and there's a lot of skill involved in it. So it's like, once you get past the point, of, once you just pick your deck, you're just like, okay, I'm looking at the top six decks in the format. I like this of the top six decks. You know, it has bad match with this and this, whatever. We're just going to run it. As soon as you get to that point... You can start optimizing the deck you're playing, optimizing your play, and then you'll have a lot of just intricate games where it's like, you know, you sometimes come out against the Charizard with the Mew. You sometimes come out against, like, the Intel with the Guardi, right? Like, so I, I think it's actually quite a good format. I just think if you're like me and you're just agonized over deck choice because you're like, I need to have, like, the magic bullet to everything. Um, let's call it Duraldon and Lugia Syndrome. Um, mm -hmm. You can't always have that. You can't always... 
you can't always just like have a Dural Dawn for your Lucas. Sometimes you're just like, you know what? We're gonna have some bad matches and we're just gonna not we're not gonna hit enough of them that matter. And I think so, that one of the things about this format in particular as well is like it is a very broad format. Like there are a very. lot of archetypes of decks that are like super legit. And like it's so hard to have that silver bullet deck in a format like that because you're just gonna be losing this stuff because of how many different like it's not like S tier Lugia format where Lugia is taking up 20 to 25% of the meta and there's like three to four other decks. It's like, nah, there's like six or seven like tier one or tier two archetypes that have all been like top eighting or genuinely. There are 10, I was counting out, there's 10 decks that if someone said, hey, I'm playing this deck to the event, I'd be like, yeah, that's reasonable. Like, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's like a bad play. Like Maractus. Um, got him. Stouch. Um, but there's like 10 decks where it's like literally like I could see this top eight in the tournament and that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, so like you don't get like if you have like a glaring bad matchup, that's like 15 percent of the tournament. Like that might be fine because you might yeah. face it once or twice in two. Days. It's kind of cool unless you're selecting a deck, then it's less cool. Yeah, well, but just... I, definitely I, I get what you're saying where you're just like you just got to send a deck that you are you, that you like and are comfortable with. I think comfort is like a huge one with how intricate the gameplay is right now between a lot totally. of the decks. It's like you got to be comfortable with the deck. Um, because even though, yes, it's not, like, your your deck pick kind of just, like, is almost out of your hands in a way. Uh, like, in your hands for sure, before which one you pick, but out of your hands as far as your matchup roulette. Um, there's so much intricacy that if you're not comfortable with your deck against, like, the entire broad field, then now that's where your inconsistencies and your testing are really going to kill you, as opposed to your actual, yeah. like, picking that archetype to play. You're going to lose more points off your own play than, like, you would gain off matchups. Exactly. Like, and because you, you can't know what your match is going to be. Well, and that's how I was feeling with some of the top decks, like Zard or with um, Tina or Gardevoir even. I was just like, I am just winning the games where I set up and losing the ones where I don't. And I feel like, I don't know, it's a big gripe I have with this format right now. It's like that like for every, every deck. deck is like also... a 70% setup deck where it's like, uh, like Mew, Guardi, Maridon even, like they don't all really set up that well. But it's fine because they're all kind of bricks. Other than Zard, which has Tina as a bad matchup to Zard, yeah, to Zard is the the one non-brick deck. Like it's if you want if you want to play a deck that's gonna set up every game, that's kind of where Zard like comes in. It's more the most consistent part. than the rest. But for you sure. what you lose out for you're the most consistent deck in the format, but then you lose out in a big way on maneuverability in your mashups. Um and you're also just kind of always gonna be targeted right now. Like between you and Lost Tina, like people are gonna be trying to beat the two of them like pretty consistently. So To be to be fair, what deck beats both of those things? Uh, lost Charizard, Lost Radiant Zard beats it for sure. At both of them, um, pretty easy. Um, like, you mean like Sable Zard? Zard has Lost City though. Yeah, they yeah, play like they play one. like one though. They play like one. Even if they're playing two, it's still like fine. It's like, more it's, the it's, it's more the second Devo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the two Devo tools are kind of what sinks the matchup like a lot more yeah. than anything. Like honestly, honestly, if if, if the Zard is playing down the Lost Cities, that kind of helps the Radzard because now they can go okay, counter catcher, cram, kill the Jirachi, and now you're in real trouble. Yeah, that's true. That's a good play. Because now you're just getting Sableye and Devo Tool, and you're like, you get all your things Sableye, and then you're just like, all right, Devo Tool for game. And they're like, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I kind of forgot about TM Devo. Uh, that's that's really good against them. A Devo is an and also that, card. And the interesting um, thing about that deck is you take essentially an auto loss to Guardi, which is like the number three deck yeah. right now. Like that, that matchup is almost impossible for you if they play a Jirachi. But so. your matchup spread still also like a lot of the other like top like there's like the top six decks that I was kind of be like you know what you kind of have a good spread you lose to like you lose pretty hard to like one or two of like the other top six decks but then you kind of have good spread against the rest of the things 
And Lost Ratings are kind of like in that sixth slash maybe seventh place spot where it's like the consistency is like decently there, but not great. Uh, your matches against other things are like decent, but not great. But then you like hit the two highest played decks in the format and you just go bam, bam. Like those are both like out of there. So, um, but also you just match up roulette and like hit like just tons of like Guardi and Mew and Intel and stuff like that and be like, oh, this is awful, you know? But you can kind of do that with every deck. So it's like not great. Like you can do like Wizard? You have to you have to hit pretty good. Like you have to be like ready with a Raihan Zard fire because if that Iron Hands takes four prize, you're out. Yeah, if they turn one hands, you you definitely have to respond to the hands. If they don't hit turn one hands, though, it's pretty fine. Yeah, but like with the decks now, like all the Maradons are basically just going Turbo Peony, and that That's like true. just that just lets you get the if you want to get the turn one hands, you're like pretty much doing it. Yeah. Um, which like Maradon also coming back, it's like doing good. Um, I think Maradon especially with how Guardi is positioned. Like Guardi is yeah. positioned to be one of the best decks into this format i i know that jake I, just lost but i do think it beats tina and it beats zard as well like so it's a really well positioned deck so mm-hmm. i think that uh it it's play very likely could rise into charlotte which makes Maridon on a better play as well so i think guardy has the overall like best like statistical average against like all the decks however the problem i have with guardy is you're not that consistent you are actually not that consistent. Like you can, like you have a lot of cards that draw cards. You have a lot of cards that search cards. But like, you actually need so many cards every turn to like keep going. That and and then you, things are attacked. That's why I think Guardi should play Research again. Yeah, but then you're discarding cards. You need to keep going later, right? Like, yeah. Um, or need, stadiums that hurt you against you, Tita. Yeah, you need so many pieces to go that like there's so many games where it's like you, you're 30 minutes into the end of the game and then you're like, wait a minute, off this like two curly, I still just missed the Guardi X. I needed to keep going and now I'm dead. But now I've used 30 minutes, and now I, like, at best can tie this matchup. Um, Plus, so you like, have Glass Cannon Factor, where, like, yeah, sure, you can one-shot anything on a one-prizer, but you're also playing, like, 70 HP basics that can just get bopped in the early game, and then your mid-game and late-game are just wrecked because you hit a two-routes turn and then didn't hit steps, and now you just, like, have no board. Yeah. Right? Like, you are actually very Glass cannony with your setup. And, like, yeah, it's, like, it's like probably that where it's, like, so it's, like, even though you do have, like, favorables against, like, 55, 50, 45s against a lot of things in the format, you don't have that staying power to, like, lock in two games. It's not like Lugia where it's, like, Lugia's, like, okay, like, I have my first two turns, but if I get past that, I'm, like, killing everything in the format, which is why I love the deck. Uh, now you're, like, you're, like, okay, like, first two, past two, first two turns, and I might die, like, randomly in the end of the game because of, like, I can't get, like, a reversal or something like that. Well, Guardi is like, honestly favored to hit a lot of cards, but the thing is, favored doesn't mean you hit all the time, right? Like, you yeah. have 70 to 80% turns where you're like, I should hit a Guardi EX here, or yeah, I should exactly. hit a, a card that I need to hit, you know, to do whatever I want to do this turn here. But sometimes you miss, and then if you miss that one time, you actually just lose or tie the series because it means that you mit whiff on a really consequential turn. Because outside of, like, this, like the actual Guardi pieces... It's all just totally. straight draw, right? Straight draws for two. It's not like like the Guardi pieces, like level balls, like ultras and fogs, like cool. But then past that, like if you're trying to hit anything extra, like you know, stadium bump, um, counter catcher, reversal, anything like that, super rod, anything like that, you actually just have to straight draw into it, which is like a lot harder. I don't know. I don't know. All yeah. of your comeback pieces. Well, and that's the thing with Guardi too is like, yes, maybe one turn I'm like, I just need the Guardi EX, and I'm pretty favored to hit it. But I feel like a lot of the times when I was playing Guardi, I was like, I need a Guardi EX, and I also need a Reversal, and I also need a Candy. And, like, all of those probabilities just, like, stacked on top of each other make it actually not favored to hit those things anymore. Maybe it's, like, a 70% chance to hit for all three of them, but if you want to hit all three of them, it's not, like, it's it's maybe, like, a 15% chance or something like that. It's, like, 
It's, it's like sports betting, honestly. It's like I'm adding another leg to my parlay. I'm just like making this thing less and less likely to hit. Wait, wait. Sports betting, you say? Maybe I should play Guardy next week. <laughs> <laughs> adding more legs to my parlay. Look at you. I know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty proud of that one. Um, but it's true. It is like all of those probabilities like multiply with each other and make them all worse. It's very interesting. Totally. I love the deck, but really not in best of three. And the thing about it too is I would actually super forgive that glass cannonness to it if it was a fast deck. But you have so many turns where you're like search your deck, shuffle, give to cut, draw two more cards, search your deck, shuffle. Like you have to do it in between like draws, depending like to thin to like make your other draws better. That like you really just like if you if you have one of those first two games where it's like I either oh, and also prizing prizing is a huge thing for Guardy. Yeah, um, if totally. you just prize badly, draw badly, like at any point of the game, or even your you, like you win a game first game, you're like cool, I can now do like a I'm gonna like play this game out to the fullest. This will be like thirty minutes. Your opponent's just like ten minutes in. And you're like, nah, let's go to game two, and you're like, oh. <laughs> um, or depending on your matchup, right? Like if you're playing against a Lost Bucks, that's also just like I'll Comfe, I'll Greninja, I'll Switch Cart, I'll Comfe again. I'll think of, like if you're playing against another deck that takes a lot of time. It's just like almost guaranteed that you never win the series if you lose game one. And if you're trying to make a deep run in a tournament, that can happen off the back of a deck like that. But compared to the back of a deck that finishes all three games, it's a lot less likely. And, and sure. when you get into a game three of the Guardi scenario too, it's like your opponents that could definitely beat you before time is called, like likely. But you're not going to beat them before time is called is the problem. So it's like you're just you go to that game three scenario and you're like, okay, like. Like, it's either a tie or I lose. Like, it's never, like, a tie or I win, almost. Like, unless you're playing, like, mega fast the entire time, which also I don't like doing that, like, having to turbo at your turns to just get attacks. Or especially for a deck with Guardian where you need to, like, be thinning your deck pretty consistently to be able to, like, maximize your refinements. Like, not being able to do those plays just hurts you in the, that end game as well. So, yeah, it's just, like, if it was a fast deck, I would do it. If not, But since it's not, I, I don't think I can. But I know you guys before Portland, when I talked to you, before I saw you at the actual tournament, you were thinking about playing Tina, and then you guys switched to Guardi, and we all ended up playing Guardi, except for Alex. Good job, Alex. Uh, but are you thinking now for Charlotte that you might go back to Tina? Kind of has the same problem as Guardi, to be honest. Like, Tina is great, but two problems. One, it just won, so it has a big target. And two... Like, how do you even counter Tina, though? Well, uh -huh. I would say Gardevoir is one of them. Gardevoir yeah. is a counter for sure. And Gardevoir play, like I said earlier, is going to rise, I think. But the other thing I was going to say is Tina also doesn't really have that much better of a time dealing with time. Like you are a comp dex, so you're going to have to flower select a bunch. You're going to have to play out a bunch of your turns. You're going to have to call it like your turns aren't that fast. And so if you lose a game one scenario that you kind of, you know, hope the Roxanne path stuck and then it didn't stick, you're probably not finishing a game three in the same way Guardi does. So yes, it is really good, but it also has that same weakness and... I don't know. I just I don't really like that weakness because you you don't have the the leniency to be taking that many ties or losses in a tournament like this, especially when it's like it feels so bad to lose like that too. Like when you lose after like a really close game one, and you're like, "Damn, my best out after this series is a tie." Like, okay, like it just is not ideal. I don't hate Tina. Tina is the most like evenly balanced. Doesn't really have a bad matchup outside of Guardi deck. I but it's also like prone to Tina hands plus time issue. I think, honestly, I think that if you don't know what you want to play, like if you're not sure what you want to play, like you're like, I don't, like I'm not leaning one way or another, you probably just send like, you send Tina if you want a neutral play and you send Maridon if you want a high roll play. Totally. 
Yeah. That's what I think. I was considering Maridon for a really long time. I don't think I'm going to play Maridon anymore, but I think Maridon is still a really good play. And it's kind of that like high roll, more high roll with your matchups. Because if you just hit a bunch of the Guardian that's there, you will farm them. If you hit like Tina, it's like 50 50. I think it is 50 50 for slight favor. For... Yeah, it's like a slight favor, but it's pretty close. Is yeah. there a way that you can make Maridon beat Charizard? Impossible. You, you don't. It's a lost cause. No, that's the thing, but it's like, two is like, if you want to try to buff your, like, it's so hard in this format. Like, if you want to try to buff your bad matchups by playing text to get them to, if, if, if you want to make your deck even, like, even with your bad matchups, you got to put in so many cards and make your deck so bad to hit that even matchup that now you're just losing consistency against everything. And now it's like, everything's kind of just like a, oh, it's kind of a sus matchup. Like, I don't think it's even like teching for your bad matchups. Uh, how, how do you even tech uh, for it? You do like multiple EXP share, you do like Tapu Coco. Uh, I'll tell you what it's not. It's not those. It's not Coco. It's not Cobalion. It's not just Gloves of Justice or whatever. I tried Justified all of that, guys. and yeah, none of it worked. You can put no. a bunch of bad cards in your deck and like yep. do your best, but like I think it's just like play the deck. Play like the there's deck, situations like, where is... stuff like that is good, but like overall, if you're playing a bunch of series of games, most of the time Zarch is going to come out on top by being a more consistent, better deck than your cool, cute tech is going to like you know they Iono you and you're like, damn, I'm a Maraidon on deck getting Ionoed. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, like, like I honestly think the answer to the format is just play your deck in its most like consistent natural state, and then if you hit high the bad matchups, matchups, yeah, if you hit the bad matchups, either you high roll them, they brick, you don't hit them. I mean, I will echo the I'll echo the sentiment you made earlier, Trevor, though, of playing comfort. Like when yeah. when, it, when you get to these formats, and I I think the four of us have played long enough to understand that. Like when you get to the formats where it feels like this just play with what you're comfortable with because then you don't have to worry about all these other random extraneous factors or even what you like like it's kind yeah. of a, a i don't know i don't want to say scrubby statement but like play play the fun play the deck that you have fun with because like as long as it's a good play like don't obviously play maractus sorry guys hey um, cool. <laughs> but like it, as long as it's a tier one deck or 1.5 or whatever deck like like trevor said you can just high roll your matchups and have a fine run and I think the biggest thing too with playing a deck that you have fun with is like it's a lot easier to maintain like a mental when you're like, okay, I'm going into this tournament with a deck that I like, that I'm comfortable with, and yeah, sure, whatever, I got sacked or I bricked or whatever, but I was playing a deck that like I wasn't misplaying and I was playing to the best of my ability with a deck that I enjoy compared to like, oh man, I played the quote unquote best play that was Tina, but God, I had to play Tina all day, <laughs> you know? I Honestly, that's, I mean, that's how I felt in Portland, though. Like, I don't think I made any big misplays because I'm insanely comfortable on Palkia. I, I mean, I top four the, the local mock regionals beforehand. So, like, I was comfortable on it. But, you know, sometimes it just doesn't go the way that you want it to go. But I yeah. still had a good time. Like, so it wasn't a complete L. Well, and I think that's what's hardest for me with this format right now, too. And I think a lot of people might resonate with is when you have that string of bad luck and you know you just get like you're like i'm sick of trying to high roll my matchups or having to high roll my matchups and it doesn't go my way and i don't get the you know result that i want because of it dude just wait until next here's, here's the thing coming back and then it'll be super sick here's the th here's the thing uh, here's uh, well, let's, let's talk about that in a sec let's let, let trevor make his point and then we can maybe here's the thing is like i love 
a deck once a deck that was so pure and so we were so deeply in love oh boy here we go i was in love once let's uh, use your... i lost something once yeah, and like we, our love was so pure and so passionate and everyone was like you know loved us both and then i she got shot in the head with a counter catcher oh and god a, a scream tail can't keep and... a pg buddy <laughs> i'm sorry um, it got uh, captured to the head, <laughs> and the deck died, and then I was left kind of in shambles because I'm like, "What am I gonna do with the rest of my life?" And then you know what? You you pick yourself back up, and you learn to love again. Like you know, it doesn't have to be the same. It can be different. It can be unique and beautiful in its own way. Um, and it doesn't mean you have to forget. And nobody's about... gonna be Lugia for you again. Yeah, it doesn't mean you have to forget about. Um, and that's okay. Lugia and its beautiful archeops. Um, you're you're. Uh, but uh, you know what? You just you know you get back up. You go to work again. You, you go to you another regionals and you play something not Gardevoir. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah. Overall, I think um, picking your comfort pick for this tournament is not that bad. And I think um, that's kind of like stated by the top players right like the fact that azul and, and grant's crew are just like oh zard is just good and it's working and they're the all kind of doing got pretty such, good such a with it great zard list and they keep jamming yeah. zard and then they have progressively like under just a comfort consistent play for them their zard list by cutting down to six fire um <laughs> like uh like they're i don't even know if their portland list is it but their one their san antonio list was definitely it um was it was it san antonio that they played the glove and the a lot of yep. stuff. Yeah, yep. it was such a Antonio. long break between San Antonio and Portland. Um, but yeah, the San Antonio was list was like insanely good. Um, and they've just been playing that deck over and over again. It's like people are like, oh, like, you know, what's the Zul crew playing? It's like, oh, yeah, they're playing Zard. And they're still top eighting, like top eighting with the top uh, yeah. 34-ing, I think, Grand Man. Which is interesting because that group of players often, you know, not always, they played Lost Box for a long time, but they weren't, you know, averse to switching up their plays if a meta demanded it. And it's kind of just, you know, restating that like uh the meta's not really in a spot where you can switch up a play and it makes a lot of sense right now so we're just going to play the most consistent thing so why not try best. to keep try to jam the best zard into the room yeah exactly gets there which i think is like actually like just a genuinely good way to play this format and it's probably something yep. i mean it didn't really like i hadn't played a major hit before portland so it's like i wasn't really in that like jamming a comfort pick space yet because cups like you just play whatever you feel like it's gonna counter the local meta yeah. um so yeah, like I think it's just genuinely probably a good philosophy until uh, through this format and probably through uh, Paradox Two Electric Boogaloo uh, in this next set um, until rotation in the UIC. And speaking of Paradox Rift Two, that's a great way to put it. Uh, we can talk about some of the and, new and cards Andrew's coming been out. Waiting an hour and a half to say the following things. <laughs> I really have. I am very excited for some change. Although I don't think it's going to change very much, unfortunately, because a lot of the cards uh, kind of suck, and we already have, but it's fine. Awesome. Charmeleon just like, that's just like uh, Silver Tempest, you pointed last year. Charmeleon with Jirachi ability. Yeah, we get the Charmeleon that prevents effects of attacks on the bench with the ability. Also has 90 HP, but I don't think this is good, or I don't think this is actually going to be played. I think that is worse than the other Charmeleon because... The 70 damage is pretty relevant, and you're already playing Jirachi anyway. You'd already play Jirachi anyway, even with this Charmeleon. So I think that... Where, this... where is the 70 damage relevant? Mimikyu. Don't, Mimikyu. don't say Mimikyu. Okay, you're winning stall how often? Tell me, please. Other like other 70 HP basics, um, if you hit to a break point of you're hitting two, uh, 210 against something, like a 280 HP Pokemon after they've taken one prize, you can clean up with a Charmeleon potentially. That's a more real argument. Mimikyu there's like a bunch is of... not, because you auto-lose stall. 
there's been a bunch of scenarios that come up kind of just randomly in games, like with different HP breakpoints, where it's suddenly just like, oh yeah, 70 damage, actually very relevant here. I will take that two prize into this one prize. I think it's more relevant than like 50 damages ever, and I think it's way more relevant than like this flare availability will be when like Jirachi already I think exists. it depends on how prevalent Box is, like Lost Box decks. If Lost Box decks are like 30% of the meta, it could be this is better, but I think honestly it's probably going to be marginal. But I'd probably still want to jam them with like, if if, 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 if one of them is going to like matter at all, like if they're hitting 90 on a Tremeleon and 30 on something else, that's like not making many breakpoints for like, if I already have a Charizard up, right? Like I guess if you're just like bricking like it's and you don't have Jirachi as a surprise, then like maybe, but like I'd probably yeah. rather just be like trying to get in there with Tremeleon and start killing Confes, you know? Uh, maybe. Oh, boy. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Sorry. What? I thought I did. Oh, baby. I, oh, and then I reread it and I oh, said, Oh, baby, the no new Maractus. <laughs> I, I read the. I, I, I looked at all of the words this time instead of the select ones I wanted to, mm. and it changed my thoughts on it. Oh, were you looking at the new Scope villain? That is grow. I was not looking at the Scope villain. Moonlit Hill finally coming to uh, English. Oh. Yep, just in time Sets, for it to cool. not be good. Yep, and probably I think not. that I think Moonlight Hill probably doesn't get played. I think probably it's not. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it's just like it's worse than Collapse. It's worse than Poke Elite Headquarters. Probably it might be on the same tier as Poke Elite Headquarters in it right now. But it's worse than Artisan. Yeah. Worse than Collapse. Worse than Vac. Worse than like one to two worker. Um, definitely worse than Art. Art is more of a play the game card. If, if they did, better. if if they didn't give us Jirachi, then it would definitely get played. Probably in like two or three. <laughs> Uh, probably two, actually. It'd probably get played in two of us if we didn't have Jirachi, but we do. So, unfortunately, uh, Moonlight Hill probably doesn't get there. Like, it lets you play, like, what, one more energy on a Guardi Arcana? Like, one or two? And it gets you two more so, energy, like, so you get to two. hit 330 now. I wonder if Guardi even goes back to, like, an all-psychic version of it, because now you can get nine psychic energy yeah. on a basic Guardi without reversal. That can Maybe. happen, but you also have a... You also have a I'd probably... I'd, like, you already have reversal, right? Like, you probably just would rather reversal yeah the is so weak in the early game artisan is like probably the cut stadium and, and collapse is like more game changing yeah you definitely can't cut collapse anymore so like maybe maybe you find a thing where it's like you play some a bit of other draw supporters um and you play like one vacuum one moonlight one collapse one artisan like maybe maybe it does find its way into list of one copy but i think if it does find itself into one copy in list even if that's fine i don't think that changes any of your matchups is the thing probably not like he's oh, already have Zard looks so sick. You already run Zations, so like God. it's not like reaching like nine of psychic is like only reachable by Arcana. Um, you can just do Zation on the Zard, which is usually just fine in your trade. So yeah, maybe maybe you do end up playing like one Moonlight and some Guardi list, but I don't think it changes its spot in the metagame like at all. What was the card that you were trying to hype up, Andrew? Oh, Scovillain EX. No, it's uh probably bad, but I do like looking at any like grass type EXs we get just because I think they get automatic inherent value just by hitting Charizard for weakness. Um, so we do get the Skull Villain EX. We also get the Aspathra EX, which is kind of interesting. But Cloth gets a boost here from Atticus. Atticus is, you can only use this if your opponent's active Pokemon is poison, shuffle your hand in your deck, draw seven. So like that actually is like, that, that genuinely is mega relevant for Cloth. Because the problem Ooh, before yeah, is that like, you really need the consistency in like hard yeah. draw cards. Yeah, the consistency the, was very the, bad. It was bad. It's pretty and, bad. But the problem is, is that like research makes you discard cards, which you really do not want to discard cards. So the fact that this is like shuffle your hand in your deck and draw seven is actually like very relevant. The only problem with it is that you have to like poison them first. So you have to commit to the poison before doing any other plays, like switching to electrode, like that kind of stuff. God, just the fact that you can't play it at all if they're not poisoned. 
like maybe now you just try to set up to um what's it called the brute bonnet bonnet because maybe you don't play maybe you don't play b barrel now you just play like a really heavy supporter line like Boraticus, like arvin's like that kind of stuff and you just skip b barrel and so now you have the more bench space to do this maybe is there a is there a world or or what's the percent chance that at some point in its life Atticus gets played in a deck that's not cloth. Depends what other cards get printed. Like Brute Bonnet, Brute Bonnet plus the Ancient, like maybe in the next set where you're like playing like big, big old Ancient deck, like maybe you play it in there because like you're playing enough Ancient tools anyway and you're playing Brute Bonnet, so now you're just like, cool, like this is my plus, my Brute Bonnet's my plus power basically. But then also yeah. now Atticus is just a, like a really solid supporter. Maybe. Um, it, I would have to see the rest of the set once it like gets revealed to like actually know if that you want to do that or if you just get like better cards. Uh, which I feel like they might just do. Oh, guys, we're getting VS Seeker back, basically. We get Nimona's backpack. Search a discard pile for two Nimona. <laughs> what is Nimona? What is, is Nimona a Sharon? I'm so is glad Nimona you brought that up for trivia, too. Nimona is Sharon, yeah. Uh, Nimona is Sharon. That's so cool. <laughs> I, so I was looking at this. This was the card that I was looking at earlier that I was like, oh, but maybe. Um, it's the Mime Jr., it is your opponent chooses mm. one of their Pokemon's attacks and use it as this. It's it's like it's one of those cards that makes you sit down and think for a hot second. I think it's bad because of like where the format's currently at. But there is a world where it's not. I think it's bad right now because there's a lot of bench sitters and that sort of thing that you're just like, oh, I'll choose Manaphy's Splash for twenty or whatever, Wave Veil, whatever it's called. Rain Splash. Um, if there's ever a but if there's ever a world where like there's some like mani bench manipulation shenanigans. Like I was looking at Regigigas, right? Because you choose one of their Pokemon and shuffle it back in. So like if there's something like that where you choose something to shuffle it back in and only l have bad Pokemon on their side of the field or good attacks for you to use rather, um, it's like worth it. Or if there's ever a time where like you have one big bopper, like for instance, remember the like the Arc, uh, Arc Duraludon days, like mine would be good into that deck because you're dealing 180 for free. Because what are you going to pick? Tina or, or sorry, Duraludon or Arceus? Because there's only two Pokemon on the deck. Yeah, that's true. I could see right? it. Right? And like, that's pretty good. A buy list for this set, I would buy one or two of these. Because they're going to be five cents, right? I you may. never know. Um, Another card that's interesting that's coming out that I actually really like is Students in Paldea, no. which is <laughs> search a deck for a Pokemon. And then search a deck for another Pokemon for every other student in Paldea in your discard pile. So it's kind of like the Whitney. I mean, my thing is we don't have a whole lot of evolution search in the format. And so technically this is like another way of searching Pokemon. Well, we do have, uh, we do have um, uh, Master Balls coming out. So. Oh, yeah, true. That's you'll just... be able to search for evolutions that way. Uh, that's way better than Prime Catcher. No, so, that's so definitely yes. better than Item Guzma or no, 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 Item shush, shush. Six Energy Excel. Don't worry about it. No, 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 no. I don't know. It's just, just this. This card's only good in, like if you had ways to like reuse it. Like if you had VS Seeker, for instance, or Battle Compressor, right? You Battle Compressor three of them, and then like now you can always search for more Pokemon with a VS Seeker. But well, to be fair though, I think if we had Battle Compressor and VS Seeker in the format, we'd probably have more broken things we could do. We could play. Oh Lugia. my gosh. <laughs> we'd play Lugia. <laughs> oh my god, it'd be um, so good. <laughs> There's like two cards that I'm actually interested in and they haven't been mentioned yet. First is the first is like Esparatha EX. I don't think this card's good immediately. Like it's like as a, it's a stage one EX that evolves from some little guy. Little. Little. Yeah, I think he's yeah, his name is actually little. 
It's Flittle. A, no, Flittle. It, There's an F. It, it's a, it's a it's Flittle. A Grass 260, Stage 1 EX. Uh, its ability is, as long as this Pokemon is in the active spot, attacks used by your opponent's active Pokemon cost colorless more. And then one retreat, and its attack is for one Psychic, does 30 damage, plus 30 more damage for each energy attached to both active Pokemon. The attack's kind of, like, fine. Like, it's an okay attack. But, like, being able to, like, make your opponent's attack cost, like, one more. I'm always, like, a big fan of these Pokemon that just, like, you pop into the active, like, cleft key. And you're like, alright, this is in the active now, negative effect on you. So, like, maybe we get to the point, like, I don't think it's gonna happen yet, or maybe not even, like, the next year, but, like, maybe after, like, not this rotation, but the next one, we get to a format where, like, there's a lot of Pokemon like this in, like, G-Block, and, um, that are just, like, you set it up active, and, like, negative effect on you. Like, maybe we get to the point where you can play a deck like this, where you're just, like, they'll release some Pokemon that can attack into your opponent's active Pokemon and switch to the bench for, like, meaningful damage. It's not, uh, not, it's not Glissopod. Glissopod's not quite there. Iron Treads. Yeah, like maybe Iron or the, maybe that'll be a point in the format where it's slow enough that that's good, and then you just keep popping things like this up active, depending on what, like, it hurts their board the most, and then eventually you get them, right? So, like, I like that card for that ability, and I'm hoping that one day, because I love that style of deck, so maybe one day they'll make enough cards that, like, I can actually do this effectively. Like, they've made enough abilities that are good doing it, but they haven't made, like, the real core of the deck, which is either A, consistency to this engine, like, retreating, um, which they actually are releasing a board actually in the next set, which might be what I'm looking for, which is like yeah. minus one retreat cost, and if uh, you're 30 less HP left, then full retreat. That's like, cool. That, but they also need a good strafer. Rope is rotating too. That's what I was about to say. Yep. Yeah. But, this is a pretty big But yeah, you just give a rotating helps that strategy because then you're not getting like roped out of the active. They actually have to use a supporter or counter. Or a Guzma. Or a Guzma, correct. But... So, like, they can actually do have the retreat cost coming back with the board, but they kind of have to release a strafer that's, like, good. Preferably, like, a basic that attacks for, like, DT or less that does, like, meaningful damage, so we'll see. Um, but I like that card. I like the card. I think it's, like, potentially, like, maybe potentially a card at some point. And now that I'm actually going to my my favorite card from the set, which is the only card that I think from the set that might actually see, like, play. Is he going to say what I think of, he's like, going to say? Moonlight Hill as a one of the Guardian, maybe? Is technical machine crisis punch? Yes. Um, yes. Let's, I love this. Let's card. go one. Let's go one punch man TM. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is my favorite card in the set too. Oh, I know. If if you've tuned into the uh, Twitch.tv slash the Shrew Crew oh, recently, he's about to start talking about Jigglypuff or Jumpluff. Yep. Jigglypuff. Hey, if you if you put this on a Jumpluff and oh, no. a Rapid Strike Energy, you could do 280 and then 280 again. It's um, okay. So alternatively, what about broken? Free yeah. What about the Ramorant attack? Yeah. So what Crisis Punch does is it's a Pokemon tool <laughs> card. TM. Uh, it discards. You attach to your Pokemon, and at the end of the turn, it discards. What it does is for three colorless, it does 280 damage, but you can only use this attack when your opponent has exactly one prize card remaining. So where that can be good is in Lost Box with Cramorant. Cramorant's like you have four more Lost Zone, your attack is free. So because Lost Box is also mainly a one-prize deck, like this won't go in Tina, but um, in non-Tina Lost Box, you can very easily get your opponent down to one prize card left because they just there's no two prizes to take. Mm, so you get that end game. Yeah, like Sablezard or like even like Weakness Box, like that kind of thing. It just gives you an option to be like last end of the, end of the game when like you're low on resources, but you still might need to hit through something big. You just slap it on a Cramorant, cram it for free, smacks 280 into your opponent's active Pokemon for the game kind of thing. And I think it might be a pretty decent one of in Lost Box. I don't think it'll play more than one. I think just like slide one in. You're like, all right, if we get down to the end game, we haven't won yet. Cramorant's <laughs> going to get in there. Like, <laughs> so it kind I, of almost feels like a uh, Slowbro, like Slowbro from like Zoroark, where it's like end of the game, like, all right, like, this is our Hail Mary, like get him in the end card. 
Fox kind of doesn't mind something like that. Like, because, like, you get to the end of the game, your gates are all used, your energy recovery is all used, or whatever. And it's like. And, yeah. and imagine, too, like, if you're playing against a, like, town store is starting to see. Creep yeah, up in, town store is good. Like, if you're playing Glasses Box, you're already running town store. So now it's just yep. more, like, either outs to get it in the end game or just add it to your hands so you're not, like, potentially selecting into it for an end game. Yeah, I, I also, think it's uh, a very fun one of. I want to applaud the. I don't know if it's TPCI or Creatures who I need to applaud for calling it Crisis Punch. Like, just, like, sit there and think about... Uh, is it not Crisis Shot? It's Crisis... It's Crisis Punch. Yeah, it's cri it is Crisis Punch. Uh, that is cooler. So, like, like you are, in, you are in such dire need that you just need to punch and punch hard because you're so scared because you're in Crisis. <laughs> like, come on. Like, this is, like, an objectively cool name. Crisis Punch. Come on. And Not... it is, yeah, it, like honestly, it was just like I'll use I'll crisis punch you for game. Like <laughs> it's so cool. It's so cool. It it's uh quite possibly the best attack name of the last few sets outside of the Wurmple that is creepy crawly congregation. Angry whack on Regigigas V. Oh, look at that full <laughs> circle. Whack. Absolutely full circle. That's what we started the so, pod with. Oh, overall, my thoughts in this set are basically like non tina lost boxes maybe play one crisis punch and gardevoir maybe plays one moonlight hill but i don't think that actually changes their matches at all i think it just gives them like another little cool option that might win them a game here or there so i think overall this set just uh does not change the format and whatever you're playing right now is still equally as good paradox 2 electric boogaloo some sick arts though so any last thoughts for the people before we wrap up just in, if you're going to charlotte just don't worry about the deck choice man just have fun you know play, your play a top two that you like play, yeah play exactly play, a good deck. play maractus i roll your matchups yep look, with maractus look, look at like the top six look at like the top eight maybe like decks for play rate and just look at those eight and be like which one of these speaks to me the most and you pick that one and you don't look back. uh i have i have non-strategy shout out things are we in the shout out section or are we in the last thought what are we what are we in we're just wrapping up all right. No, it's uh, if you know anybody who has close to $70,000 that they want to <laughs> burn, <laughs> it's absolutely just weighing them down. It's just stocks. It's an investment. I got, I'm selling all my master sets. Um, I mean, it's uh, every single card from black and white to obsidian flames, like literally every single card from those, what is that, 13 years? plus all of the stuff that I have before that, which is actually pretty substantial, plus just some other random goodies. Like, it's definitely worth the price point in my mind, but, you know, I'm looking to just dump it all at once. So if you know someone who's, like, a high-end collector that really wants to do it, you know, give, give me a call. I think Trevor will have enough money after his run at the casino tonight. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, and good luck to you guys this weekend at Charlotte. Uh, if you want to say hi to Drew and Trevor, they're going to be at Charlotte, so keep a look at them. Uh, they'll hopefully you know, be up at the top tables. Oh, yeah. I'm we confident. definitely will be. Genuinely confident. I'm feeling good. Yeah. I think uh, we both played the same thing to a local today, and I think that we're both feeling feeling good for our play. I think it's, it'll be good. That's awesome. Well, good luck to everybody going to Charlotte this weekend. Good luck to Drew and Trevor. And thank you so much for listening. We will have another episode in two weeks. Uh, episodes come out every other Wednesday. And if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave a rating on Spotify. That helps us out a lot. And so, yes, thank you for watching, and we will see you in the next episode. The Drew Too Many podcast features Trevor Reed, Drew Allen, Alex Cook, and myself, Andrew Zavala. 
You can follow us over at Drew Too Many Cast on Twitter. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. The awesome song you're listening to was written for us by Eric Wells. You can find him on Spotify at Mr. E. Episodes come out every other Wednesday, and so we'll see you there.